This is Neil Kaplan. You are listening to the House of Mario. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, episode 52. And we are the Nintendo podcast, a part of the Epic Collective. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me, as always, is my best buddy, Bryce DeWitt. Hello, hello. And today, we are talking to the wonderful voice actor, Neil Kaplan. He's been in over 200 anime and video game uh, voice roles altogether. Uh, We had a great time talking to him. He was just fantastic. Yeah, Neil was an absolute joy, and like we saw him a couple times throughout the con, whether it was just, you know, walking around or... Uh, even at the opening ceremony, uh, he was an absolute riot. He kept me, he kept me laughing pretty much the entire convention. Uh, I really enjoyed, uh, seeing that man, getting to know him and it was absolutely fantastic and a wonderful opportunity to meet him. He was actually one of our last interviews we done and I'd like to think it's the fact we're all tired and it's not that we're just so stupid, but he, he owned us a couple of times, didn't he? Oh yeah, he, uh... (laughs) Oh yeah, <laughs> he whizzed. He he uh, he whizzed. He whizzed a couple jokes over both our heads. Uh, <laughs> uh, one one that I'm very disappointed in that I didn't get until yeah, see, he had to fucking see. You listen it. back to the audio and you're like, we sound like a bunch of morons. But I I at the time didn't hear it and yeah, the four A joke. But they'll yep. hear that. Yep, you'll hear it. Anyway, guys, enough of our babbling on. Here is our interview with Neil Kaplan. Enjoy the show. Hope you enjoy. Neil Kaplan, thank you very much for joining us today on the House of Mario. Uh, Bryce and Drew. Yes. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, Neil, you've been in over 200 roles across anime and video games. Wait, can I swear on this? Uh, sure, oh, go, go ahead. for it. Holy shit, that's a lot. That is a lot, yeah. <laughs> uh, but for someone who doesn't know who you are or what you do, tell us a little bit. You mean bit like my brothers? Like your brothers. <laughs> like your brothers. <laughs> um... I, uh, I'm a voice actor. I, um, I've done uh, audiobooks, narration, um, video games, anime, animation. I've done voices and live action stuff. So if there's a voice, I've either done it or <laughs> auditioned for it and didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> so what inspired you to sort of get into the voice acting scene? Um, I've always been kind of vo- a vocally based actor so you know after doing stage work and having everything kind of vocally based and growing up loving shows like um, like the copycats which uh, was an early sketch show and then Saturday Night Live I just I've always enjoyed you know the kind of the vocal aspects of, of humanity shall we say mm, yep um, you know, I mean, there's, it doesn't matter what language something is, is filmed in or written in or recorded in. It's all told in the same language of human emotion. And that also includes characters. So whether you're playing the evil emperor of a far off galaxy or you're playing a dog or a toilet <laughs> or, or a sanitation worker. It doesn't matter because the audience that's watching this only understands the human emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So even if you are a talking toilet, 
talking about how much you hate your job, of course the audience out there goes, yeah, I hate my job too. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. And it doesn't matter that it's a toilet saying it other than they go, well, he's got a pretty good reason. He eats shit every day. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's also the thing that thrills me about it is that I'm not, I'm not limited to the fact that I'm too fat to play a superhero or I'm too short to play a supervillain or I'm too old to play a sidekick or any one of those things don't matter in voiceover. So I love the variety of what I'm able to to do or get hired to do. Mm. You know, it's all about just pretending. Yeah, just just having the range to sort of bring these characters to life, it must be just so much fun. <laughs> ah, it's it's yeah. It, yeah. Like obviously you have your stressful days, like it's a job. It's yeah, but I'll be honest with you, my stressful days tend to not have anything to do yeah, with work. Okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's really good to know actually. I've um even even the recording sessions that I'm not enjoying or are more difficult than the others, I'll drive home and see somebody laying tar on the road. Yeah. You yeah. know, in 110 degree heat. Ooh. That's hard work. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not as blessed as I would like to be or will be hopefully one day, but I understand that every time I get the chance to do what I do, that I am a very fortunate and blessed individual. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So that can't be a bad day. No. You know? Absolutely. I can relate to that a little bit, sort of having the, the stresses not be related to work. Elsewhere, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm married and we have a pit bull, so... Yep. <laughs> that's, that's enough right there. Uh, you're voicing a lot of series we, uh, we used to watch as children, like uh, Digimon, Transformers, Naruto, and a ton more. Uh, what, what are some of your favorite anime and cartoon characters you've voiced over the years? Well... Um, we'd probably have to start with Hawkmon. Yes. Because he uh, just had a lot of personality and a lot of character um, and a lot of attitude. Um, so that was that was certainly a favorite. I enjoyed playing Optimus Prime, mostly because uh, if you're going to be doing any sort of dubbing and your character has a mask over his face, it's so much more fun. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have to it's match so it much easier. No, not at all. Or yeah. you can adjust the line... If it just doesn't sound right or doesn't feel right. Like, for instance, you know, the first convention I ever did um, was while we were recording the first season of Transformers. First season, only season of Robots in Disguise. Sorry. Um, and I was at a convention, and, and it was a very small convention. I mean, the whole thing would probably fit in this area from here to the cosplayer over there. And uh, during the Q&A, somebody asked, haven't heard it on the show yet. Will you ever say, roll out? And this will tell you how much of a fan I was not. I said, is that important? (laughs) And the whole room did exactly that. And so what I did is I said, I'll guarantee you this. From this point forward, you will hear roll out in every single episode. Why? Because the dude had a face mask and I could do it. And I could make that guarantee. Absolutely. And so, you know, when the director asked me the next time, he said, no, this is something we need to put in. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, those uh, those were probably my two favorites. Also, you know, 
I play this one character on a show called Zatch Bell. Oh, God, I remember Zatch and, Bell. And the character was called Belgum EO, and he was all over the place, emotionally just really kind of strange energy and it was all up and down and in and out and it was like it was a lot of fun because that was based on how I performed it. It wasn't like there were notes in the in the script saying okay get excited here, get angry here do it. No, it was all how I interpreted it interpreted it and how I put it out there. So that one that one was a lot of fun too. Absolutely. So uh, we also wanted to talk to you about your video game roles. How can I not mention Madra Uchiha? Come on. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, come I, on. I forgot that myself. Certainly, certainly, it was a lot easier when he was wearing the mask, but then he took it off, and it's like, yeah, no. He's so pretty. He's so pretty. How can somebody that pretty be that be as mean as I'm playing him? You know. But uh, he's got such hair. You know? He does. He has a massive, massive long pile of hair, pretty much. Yep. So there you go. That now, I now he can move forward, and hopefully, I won't get my ass kicked by too many fans. Do you get a lot of actually? Do you get a lot of requests to voice uh, to imitate Madara's voice? <laughs> I get zero requests to impersonate a voice that I do. Right. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> That's why I corrected you. Because uh, there's a reason I play villains, dude. Here's a reason. Um. Yeah, you know, I get I get some requests, and sometimes, you know, I have to tell people, unfortunately, I can't do that, yep. because what you hear on TV is basically me getting right up on the mic and doing this, yep. yeah. which may sound really powerful when you're at home, but if I tried doing that at a convention, you're not going to hear it. No. Yeah. And then somebody's going to walk away and go, oh, I guess he gets a lot of help from the soundboard. Because yeah. that didn't sound that impressive, mm-hmm. you know. It's sort of like I was at um, I was at uh, Comic Con about a decade ago. And I'd written this comic book. I'd written a uh, the first chapter of a graphic novel, and I was trying to see if I could get some some publishers interested in it. And let me tell you, if you ever want to talk to a uh, comic book publisher. There's a great opening line that I found worked for me. It was, Hi, my name's Neil Kaplan. I'm probably best known around the world as the voice of Optimus Prime on Transformers, Robots in Disguise. (laughs) To which every one of those publishers said, Please, come in. (laughs) And we spoke, including Top Cow. And at the time, um, Seth Green was writing Freshman for Top Cow. So he was doing a signing later that day, and I thought, oh, that'll be kind of fun. You know, I'll get a freshman sign and send it to my nephew. That'll be kind of fun. Okay. And so, waiting in line, and the people who are standing behind Seth have already heard my line, and so they know who I am. And they asked, well, why are you waiting in line? I said, because I'm not that big a deal, and I, yeah, no, I, I'm not that guy. I don't do that. So I waited in line. And just before I got up to, to meet Seth, this kid in front of me in line goes, all I hear is, Cybertron, Autobots, Optimus Prime, Transform. And I look up, and I can literally see the people behind Seth standing there, and I can see their assholes puckering. <laughs> They're just going... Do you have any idea who's behind you in line? And Seth turns around and goes, No, who? 
And they go, he's the voice of Optimus Prime. Was, but... <laughs> but still. Is, was close enough at the time. Yeah. It's still an acolyte to hold. And, yeah. You know, I'm yeah. not going to argue at that point. But, um, and so Seth pulls out his phone and goes, Optimus Prime off! Optimus Prime off! Ready, go! Oh, no. <laughs> and this is the way I break it down to fellow nerds. That was my Kobayashi Maru. That was my no-win situation. Yeah. If I do battle with this kid and I lose, I've lost to an amateur. If I win, I've just beaten up on a poor helpless nerd yeah <laughs> there's no element in this in which i come out looking okay mm-hmm. so i said you know what you're a fan you know everything to say good for you you win i went in i read it off of a sheet of paper on a music stand i would have no idea what to say you congratulations <laughs> you know but for years you know i'd, I'd run into saf and and he teased me about, oh, we should have you on Robot Chicken. So we fi- they finally did, and I, I played Dumbledore. Uh-oh. Sorry, guys. They're looking through their notes right now. That's why there's this dead <laughs> air. It's not as though they weren't impressed by me being on Robot Chicken. They were distracted. So please, forgive the silence that met that. <laughs> I was just making sure it was unlocked, so we were ready for the next one. All right. <laughs> So um, let's talk about your video game roles. Uh, okay. Recently, you've had uh, had roles in Destiny Two. Yeah. Um, that was obviously a really big one. We actually uh, caught up on a podcast that you were with with the Destiny community. Right. Right. Yep. Uh, that's how we know about your dog. If you remember that. <laughs> he yes, certainly wanted to correct you on everything. He, well, he made a couple of appearances. <laughs> Um, what was it like uh, working on a game as big as, say, Destiny was? Uh, as the main bad guy, you were Dominus Gaul, correct? That's my understanding. Yep. Um, it was... It was... It was... It was surreal from the very moment it started because the, um, the audition went out and one of the references for what they were thinking Dominus Gaul might be like was Emperor Zarkon on Voltron, right. legendary, yeah. de, you know, uh, legendary defender. And it's like, I think I know what that guy sounds like. <sighs> so it was like, I go into this audition with this pressure on because it's like, okay, if they're referencing me and I don't get it, that's not good. <laughs> so fortunately I got it and I worked with one of my favorite directors. Um, and Kevin, Kevin brought out some great stuff. I mean, the first session we spent just honing it in and getting that getting the character in its place and I love that and I feel like it really lent itself to what I think was one of the better performances I've ever given um, because I, I really did base so much of Gaul in his pain mm. you know um, which any actor who hasn't gotten every role they ever auditioned for understands. The difference is I don't take those kind of actions, you know, and decide to destroy Hollywood to show them that I should have gotten the part. (laughs) But I certainly understood where Gaul was coming from. 
And of course, then I hear some of these scenes later, you know, and it's like, I worked with two of my favorite actors and never met either one of them, let alone in the same room at the same time. Which should tell you how good the direction on that game was. Because if you can't tell that Frank Langella and I have never met, let alone be in the same room to record our scenes, you'd never know it. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. And that that as, as, as brilliant an actor as Frank Langella is... If he's directed in the wrong way, it doesn't work. Greatest example of that will stay in the Destiny universe. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll look at the first one, and we'll look at Peter Dinklage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think anybody who knows anything about Peter Dinklage and his work knows that he's a very talented actor. Mm-hmm. So how did that fall so flat? Yeah. Because he had a director who wouldn't step up and push him where he needed to go. Yeah. Or pull him where he needed to go. Or ask him to come where he needed to go. Okay, video games have a challenge that animation doesn't have in that the script really is line by line by line by line. And a lot of times when I'm doing a video game, I don't even see the lines of anybody else who's in, who's in the scene with me. I have no idea what's happening in that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All I've got is my lines. So I'm depending upon the director setting the emotion, setting the scene, setting the physicality of it. Because if he doesn't tell you that you and Frank Langella are five feet from each other, you may play the scene like this! Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you read the heavy emotion. But if, and then when the director tells you, no, 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 you're sitting around a table and conspiring, that moves the emotion somewhere else. So I'm convinced that whoever directed Peter Dinklage in the first one didn't steer him toward a whole performance. Because what you can get in, in video games very easily is you can get 500 individually brilliantly delivered lines. They are 24-karat gold. They are dragon glass. They are, you know, Valerian steel. I don't, you know, it's a... You know, unobtainium. I don't care what you want to call it. <laughs> okay? It's literal perfection. <laughs> but yet they don't weave together. Yeah. They don't weave together. Exactly. And then that scene sucks. Mm-hmm. Or if every single line is brilliantly delivered with heavy emotion and sweeps the same way, you're going to get sick and tired of hearing that character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They might be just having a normal conversation. You're like, hey! Like, yeah. <laughs> or because... Every, you know, it's like, I'm going to play the line where I get very emotional at the end. And each and every line that I do will be the same. It's like, maybe <laughs> the individual acting on that line may be good, but you just hear it repetitively again and again and again and again, and it doesn't work. So, you know, it's like, if, if you guys enjoy Destiny, I mean, I look, I think I did good work. Yeah. But yeah, I absolutely. definitely have to give it up to Kevin McMullen, the director, who really was one of the main driving forces of that game working so well. Yeah. Yep. I moved the mic! Oh. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're perfect. I fucked with the pop screen. <laughs> Did you hear me pop? Hopefully not. That's what the pop screen's for. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, in 
when you uh, do you play many of the games that you no. act in? At no. All? no, 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 none at all. No, I have a very addictive personality, and if I played the games I worked on, I'd never work on the games I work on. Especially yeah. Destiny Two. That's probably a bad one to uh, yeah get into to really get sucked into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I'll watch them get played. Like I'll go to tournaments sometimes and watch the professionals play and just go. Okay, that's how StarCraft is supposed to go. Okay. I think I get it. <laughs> ah, okay, I got it now. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, like, from the moment that they put, like, a, th- a, a fourth button or a second controller on the, you know, it's like as soon as they put a second joystick or whatever on the P- uh, the PlayStation, I was like, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. This takes way more than I can handle. So would, yeah. would you play a role, would you play your game, like, that you've, had a role in if it was on like a old Nintendo with only two buttons. Well, and a no, D-pad. like I, I played. I actually played Battlegrounds. I actually played Star Wars Battlegrounds. Yep, yep. I played that one all the way through because it was pretty easy to point and click, pew, pew, pew. or yep. go ahead and build this. Yep. Okay, B- build this fortification, build this whatever, upgrade this or all that. It was easy enough for me to to control, yeah. and also, you know, I wasn't married at the time and I wasn't working as much as I do now and time was a little freer yeah yeah. yeah. it's a problem isn't it work yeah it's, <laughs> it, 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 actually the bigger problem is finding the work yeah getting the work acquiring the work doing the yeah. work that's the good part yeah that's, that's the that's, that's the sauce and the cherry on top of the sundae yeah so what, what does a day look like for you um, like when you're looking for work is it at home sort of sending emails talking to people a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of networking. Um, you know, pay attention to the social media. Yeah. Go ahead, and go ahead, and you know, cultivate the fans. You know, because well, you know, as an actor, we're nowadays with social media, we're a different shaped commodity, shall yeah. we say? Before it was just the voice. Now it's what fan base can you bring with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What enthusiasm can your participation create? Yeah. You know, and so every now and then it's like interact with some people and remind them that I've worked on some stuff that's been pretty popular and has a and has a, a good amount of fan loyalty and that the characters were well received and you know and see what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. stay in touch with people. So, uh, just as a couple final questions, while you're in Adelaide, are you going to get up to anything in particular apart from the museum? <laughs> I'm not really going to have a whole lot of time outside, at this point yeah, uh, other than the busy. convention. No, it's like at this point we're, we're in convention mode. You know, yeah. I'm talking to you guys and we'll Absolutely. have the, the, the meet and greets with, the, uh, with some of the fans and then the uh, opening ceremonies. And I'm one of those guys that I usually feel like when a convention brings me in, I want to be as much a participant in the convention as possible. Absolutely. You know, um, we'll hopefully say something, make some people laugh, and uh, you know, I want to, I want to be a part of somebody else's good time. Absolutely. If yeah, not, to look at it. If yeah. not, even possibly be the cause of it. That's awesome. <laughs> you yeah. know, the yeah. the instigator of your fun. <laughs> you know. Um, it's it's the golden rule is treating people the way you'd want to be treated and I can't imagine that that I would want to fly somebody halfway around the world and then ha- not have them meet my friends yeah, you know, or yeah. my guests 
So it's like, nah, I'm gonna, I'll be here for the opening ceremonies. I'll be here for the VIPs, and, and if I'm able to go out and do something Adelaide-ish, then that's what I'll do. Otherwise, I'm meeting you guys. I'm meeting, I'm meeting the local people. I'm eating the, I'm eating the local food. Yep. You know, and that, you know, that's as much a part of the experience as anything else. And we absolutely appreciate your time. Oh, well, do. thanks, man. It's uh, it's it's great. This is actually our first real foray into going out and doing public events, so it's a bit uh, different for us. Well, be careful when you get to the five B. Five B. What's five B? Well, it's totally different from the four A. Okay. <laughs> God knows. <laughs> totally out of my head. He wished him. It's okay. I do that to a lot of people. <laughs> you've, you've obviously never checked out my Twitter feed at kneecap n e k a p. Uh, we, I do that to a lot of people. <laughs> we do see you uh, retweet a lot of uh, a, a lot of people's uh, comments and stuff as well. Um, which, while we're on the subject, uh, if people want to follow you, yeah, um, where can they follow you? What uh, pages do you have open? Twitter or Twitter? That's kneecap n e k a p um, on. Um, on Instagram, um, it's kneecap picks, so N E K A P P I X, I believe. I believe. I'm, I'm thinking, wait, do I have two P's or not? <laughs> oh no! But anyway, um, and I really try to keep that as more my experience of the world. I'm one of those people that I get really annoyed when I have friends who put up the same thing on Facebook that they do on Twitter. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, you know what? I'm, st- I'm not following you on Twitter because you're wasting my time putting the same thing on both places. Yeah. yeah. I work to make sure if you're on my Facebook page, you're not seeing the same thing that you are on. Yeah. Different platforms, um, different experiences. Yep, exactly. Yeah, sure. And yeah. certainly, and certainly, um, certainly um, Twitter is more of a one-off thing. Um, I, I tend not to get very political on my Facebook page. That's like an escape page. Twitter, I can't help it. I'm, yeah. I'm more socially active. Yeah. Um, people matter to me. Um, the fact that I have hundreds or thousands of young people that l- listen to what I say or look up to me, even if it's just slight, I take that very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to really espouse that whole notion of treat people the way you'd want to be treated. Absolutely. Um, and I'm by no means perfect, but I, I think, you know, I, I think everybody deserves a shot. I, 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 you know, I may be a straight white male, but that doesn't mean that I don't have um, a respect for and a love for other human beings that are not. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. other other people that, quite frankly, are still discovering themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's pretty much, if it's not hurting anybody, either if, if you can't celebrate what somebody else does, then just leave them the fuck alone. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think we agree with that as well. You we know, do, yeah. and I think that's one of the reasons... I think that may be one of the reasons I enjoy coming down to Australia and meeting the fans down here. Not only because the enthusiasm level level is is pretty much unrivaled, you know, but the acceptance that I find down here with this community, and I'm not saying that it's all of Australia, but certainly the Australian nerd community, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 
is very accepting of different people's experiences and different people's lives and different people's values. And and it's like, look, as long as you ain't stepping on my toes, keep tap dancing. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Neil, for joining us today. Hopefully some of that made sense. It absolutely did. did. No, it was really good having a chat with you. That was brilliant. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope that you enjoy your time in Adelaide, and I hope that the convention goes smoothly. Everything goes nice and... Knock on wood. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much to Neil Kaplan for coming on the House of Mario this episode. It was a pleasure talking to you. And thank you very much to Avcon and all the staff there allowing us to be able to have the opportunity to talk to all the actors and uh, guests at the uh, convention. And thank you very much to 8bit.net and Brendan White for organising the media passes and lending us a portable recorder to take with us to the con. Uh, It's come in very handy and we appreciate all the effort that you've put in to help us get there. Thank you very much, Brendan. Next episode, we speak with Major Sam. She's a fantastic cosplayer within the Australian cosplay community. And thank you very much to Daniel Treadray for allowing us to stay in his house. What a nice young man and a nice friend. And he certainly doesn't like to fuck with the audio. No, he does not. (laughs) And this week's Nintendo Jukebox is DigiRap. Neil Kaplan was Hawkmon in the Digimon movie, so this is as good excuse as any. Anyway... See you later. <laughs> All right. Ready to go? I'm ready. Ready? Let's go. The Dushi Pollution is up and running. Did you see? Did you hear? Did you know it was coming? A Digi Destiny starts today. Let me hear you say. With Digi Will and Digi Vice in hand, is it Digi Dynamic Force and Digi Land? When you Digi Pass, Digi Present Collide, time to Digi
the digivolution will not be stopped. Digimon roll, Digimon rock. Remember the digi things I say, and digi save the day. Digimon, 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 Digimon,